Welcome to the North Main Podcast, a production of North Main Street Church of God in Butler, Pennsylvania. This podcast brings you North Main's messages every week. We strive to know God intimately, grow in Christ continually, and go for Him daily. I invite you to listen in today as we explore the Bible and learn about its unchanging truths for living life God's way. Let's listen in to this week's message. Yeah, there we go. I can hear myself a little bit. All right. Good morning, everyone. Uh, if I have not a chance to meet you, my name is Matt. Uh, my family and I, we attend here at North Main, and as always, it is a pleasure to be here with, this, with you this morning, and I'm excited to kind of close out the year um, with, uh, with this last sermon, following up this uh, year of joy, and uh, I can tell you, it's been a tough one, and this Christmas, uh, Merry Christmas, by the way, to everyone, uh, I hope that you had a good Christmas, uh, it's been a weird one. Uh, it's been, I've been contemplating on this sermon, I've been contemplating on Christmas just a lot this season, and uh, it's been strange. Uh, it's been strange to experience it. Uh, our family is kind of going through um, a new stage because my daughters are both in the, the stage where they're like understanding what Christmas is, and they're excited for it, and they're excited to be um, be part of all that's going on, right? Before, you know, they maybe liked presents. My, my youngest last year was like, well, I'll, I'll take presents, but, you know, all the rest of this stuff, I don't know about it yet. Um, whereas this year, she's like, well, I want to, you know, do this. If anything that big sister does, I want to do. I want to be a part of all this um, traditions and thing. And so it was exciting to see that. And I know that me and my wife, we got to sit back and watch that and got to see them it's just experiencing Christ and kind of walking through that with them. And that was a really happy time and a really exciting time. But at the same time, uh, just every morning you're getting up and you're turning on that news and you see um, report after report of just negativity. And, and I just remember Christmas Day, like thinking, well, maybe I'm not going to turn it on. But I was like, I, I have to because there's crazy stuff happening, right? You turn it on and you see that there's more crazy stuff happening. Um, you see that there's attacks, there's, there's bombings. You see that the first article that I popped up um, said, the title of it was, um, Worst Christmas for Most Americans, um, you know, in their lifetime, is, is what it was saying. And so it was an interesting time for me to kind of reflect on that and what is Christmas and what does it mean? And if it's not a time of joy for the majority of the world, or at least this article is claiming that, um, then what is it? And how should I look at it? And how should I interact with it? And it's interesting to close out the year in the book of Revelation in a time like this, talking about joy in this situation, um, because this is what Christmas is all about. And I'm going to be, like I always tell you, when I get up here, I just am transparent. I just share what's kind of on my heart and in my mind. And uh, I've been struggling a lot with, um, I don't know the right words for it, because it's not doubt, um, but it's just just a constant, like, pummeling, I guess, you know, of the world to the point that you're just so beaten down where you're just like, maybe I, maybe I am crazy. Have ever, has anybody ever experienced that? Uh, I don't know if anybody's been uh, through the gaslight process in your life. If I've ever had anybody gaslight you before, that term is a, it's a psychological term. It actually comes from a 1940s movie titled Gaslight, in which the, uh, the main characters are husband and wife, and the husband is trying to convince his wife that she is crazy that, so that he can commit her to an insane asylum and, and take her inheritance. And so um, the, the psychological community has taken that and has used it now as a term for any time that there is a person, who, person or organization that is psychologically manipulate, manipulating you 
to make you feel like you're crazy. And this happens a lot in abusive situations. It happens in abusive organizations. It can happen in workplace. It can happen in our country. It can happen in other countries. Um, and it's actually really easy. And sometimes I feel the effects of this because what's been going on over and over again is, and this is the new warfare on Christianity. I think our persecution isn't going to come from uh, physical persecution, at least not yet. Um, but it's in other countries, they may have to face that, but our country, it's gaslighting. It's, that's what they're going to tell you over and over and over again that you're insane. Over and over and over again that you're crazy. And it's, it, it really, it bears down on you. To the point where I, I sit there and I say to myself, I know that things are true. And maybe you're sitting there and today and you're thinking the same things. Where you're like, or maybe you're not even to that point where you're like, I don't even know if this stuff is true, but I'm looking for something. I'm to this place where I know this stuff is true. I know it's true in my heart. I've seen it and I've experienced it. And yet every single turn when I just try to tell somebody or if I try to express that in any way, the world tells me that I'm insane. And it's really backwards because not only does the world tell me that I'm insane, but the world tells me that I'm insane and hateful. Where seemingly other religions, and maybe it's because they are more aggressive with taking their stance, but seemingly other religions are protected under this idea of tolerance. But Christianity, again, is, is put down and said, no, you're crazy. These guys, they can pa- they're, they're okay. They can practice. Let them be over there. But you are insane and you need to change. And maybe I'm just the only one, but I feel like that all the time. I feel like every time I turn on the news, everything that I think is so backwards from what the world is saying, and this isn't a political thing, it's nothing to do with that. It's just my, my personal like, relationship with Christ looks so different from what the world says it should be. I'm allowed to be spiritual, but any time I take and say, well, I think that there's a God that, that has morals and, and has rules for this world, well, then all of a sudden that's when I'm written off. And I say, well, no, 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 you can't because that's taking the step. And I get discouraged. And, and today I want to share with you this encouragement because I surely needed it. And going into this new year, I needed it. It's an encouragement that the end of Revelation is what we're going to look at. And we're going to do part two to this kind of end of the series of joy. Um, and the, the part two of um, the reward of faith. So Pastor Brandon talked about last week um, that this reward of faith is this eternal life. He talked about how um, not everyone, that it's faith in Christ that gets us to this point. And sometimes even that is attacked, again, like I said, and said, labeled as being hateful, right? It's hateful because it's, it's excluding other people. But here's the truth. Anytime I've tried to wrestle with this idea of God in my head, because I I get battered down and battered down to a place where I'm literally, I feel like I'm clinging on to like the truth, like by like one finger I'm holding on and I'm like, I know that God is real and that I have a relationship with him. I'm holding on. And I start running it over in my head and I say, well, what can I do? And I look at things in my life, and I look at things, and I look, even this, uh, over this season, the, the break here of, of Christmas break, I was driving, and I looked at the snow and how it sat on the trees, and just all these things, and I said, this was not an accident. And so I used that as my ground foundation, and I start building myself back up. I'm like, I know that this was not an accident, and if that's not an accident, then the things that I've seen or I've been told, they're twisted and false, 
and I know that these things can go. And so I get to this point where I start to build myself back up, and I read, I, I look at like the book of Revelation, and sometimes it scares me a little bit because there's so much, um, there's so much symbolism, and then there's, it seems so much judgment. And when I look at that, and I, I'm in this place where I'm trying to climb back up in my faith, I feel like I don't even have the mustard seed, right? And there's just judgment in this book where it comes in and says, well, you know, like Pastor Brandon was saying, those who don't have faith in Christ are not going to enter in. And I get scared. It scares me in my soul because I say, I'm hanging on by a finger. And that finger is slipping and it feels like I'm insane. But here's the truth. Is that Christ knows that that's where we are a lot of the times. That's the point of Christmas. That's the point. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep this, this sermon pretty short and simple because there's not much more you can be said than reiterating what's already been done. The point of Christmas is that God looked out and said, these guys, they're not even holding on by a finger. They can't even grip on to anything. They can't climb out of this hole that they're in. And he sent Christ and he was born into this world so that he could experience the things that we experience so that he can relate to us and so we can relate to him, so that we can have faith because we know that he understands what we're going through. There are times when I look and I say, all right, I'm building this faith back up in my mind, and, and I look out and I say, I know this God created all things, and then that begins to scare me a little bit because I'm like, how can I have a relationship with the being that created all these things? And this is where the encouragement comes in. The end of Revelation, we're looking at Revelation 22. Because in this passage, Christ is talking to us and he says, listen, it's going to be hard. This world is going to batter you down. You're going to have doubts. There's going to be failures. But in the end, what I want for you is a relationship with me and that equals eternal joy. And he closes out the word of Scripture. He closes out the book of Revelation with this passage. I'm just going to read through it. Revelation 22, we'll start in verse 1. It says, Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month, the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. This is more than likely symbolic, but what it's meaning to, to be a representation of is that flowing from God in this new heaven and new earth that's going to be created, this thing that we can long for, that we can have faith in Christ for, that we were able to access because of Christ's birth and death, this place will be a place where from God will flow all of our needs. That's what it's saying. We'll flow. We won't have to worry about food. We won't have to worry about sickness. We won't have to worry about disease. It will flow from God in abundance. He says that these rivers will flow out down the main road. Anybody can access it. They're there. It says, No longer will there be a curse on anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads. It's like a reversal of what we see earlier in Revelation where they talk about 
the mark of the beast being written on the foreheads of those who are um, claimed by him. The people who are in this new heaven and earth are claimed by God. And so it's interesting because you think about this where it doesn't say, it, it does mean that we're going to be these new creations, but he's claimed us. And so it's already there. It's, it's an interesting passage where he says it's written on them like these things are become a part of who we are, if that makes sense. It's, it's not just something that's around us. He says, you are now a part of this. You are claimed by me. You are marked by me. And you can't wash that off. It can't go away. No matter what you do, it's there because this is a new creation and I've brought you. And this should be so encouraging because in the times when I feel like I'm hanging on by that finger and I can't pull myself up and I'm just like, I don't know if I have enough faith for this. I don't want to be left out by this. And Christ is saying, I was born for you. I died for you, and I've marked you, and you're mine. And that should tell me, and it does, that it's not my strength. I'm not holding on anymore. I'm not pulling myself up. He's been holding me the whole time. I don't know if you've ever experienced this with little kids. Um, there's been times whenever, like, my daughter will be holding on to, like, I remember the monkey bars in particular, I'm holding her, and she just got like this knuckle grip, and I'm like, I've got you. You're fine. I go. And she's like, no, no, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall. And I'm like, I got you. It's fine. And I just picture God being here in this place where he's like, I've claimed you. You're mine. I have you. You still have to, you know, you're going to have to do some work. It's going to be hard. But in this new heaven and new earth, you are mine, and I have you. Yeah, it's a good thing. It should be. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps or for sun, for the Lord God will shine on them and they will reign forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and it is true. When I feel like a little bit crazy sometimes, I read that it is trustworthy and it is true. You can ground your truth in it. This can be your foundation. The Lord God who inspires his prophets has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of the prophecy written in this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things, and when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said, Don't worship me. I'm just a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and the prophets, as well as all, as well as all who obey what is written in this book. Worship only God. Then he instructed me, do not seal up the prophetic words in this book, for the time is near. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. What he's saying here is he's saying don't... He tells Daniel in the Old Testament to seal up a prophecy. Um, because it wasn't meaning, it wasn't meant for the people of that time. It wasn't meant till it was supposed to be a future prophetic vision. Here he tells John, he says, this is for now. There's things in Revelation that are for all generations, for the people that were then, that were for the people that are now. And that's again a little bit why it's a daunting book sometimes to cover, because it's really hard to parse out what is for the people currently there and what is it for us but there are things overarching sweeps in the book of Revelation that are clearly for all people. And one of them is this closing, where he's saying, there it will be a time when I come and I take away all that is hard here. And faith is what gets you to that. And he says over and over again that faith 
and the size of a mustard seed is what we need. That, that finger grip that we have, that little bit, says, I'm coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life. Out the, outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshipers, and all that who love to live a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. That's a powerful message. When you're worried, Jesus, he says this frankly sometimes. God talks this way. He goes, Pastor Brandon even mentioned it where he said, where were you when I was creating all things? It's, it's so weird, but we don't even have a right to worry God tells us that. And we, we don't take this very seriously. I actually marked this whenever I was um, going through this sermon. In the Sermon on the Mount, I've been reading that in my own personal um, Bible studies. He goes through and he talks about worry and he says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. This is Jesus speaking. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and, more than, and your body more than your clothes? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And it's funny because we, we look at that and we say, oh, that's all well and good. Like we, we read that verse when we're in a good place and then we say, well, that's all well and good, but you don't know either. You don't know my worries or when we're in a worry spot, we're like, ah, yeah, but that's for the people. I mean, you have to worry about food, right? Like that's all well, that's good, but you actually have to worry about it. And Christ is saying, no, actually, you don't. And, and this is really, really hard. Stay with me for a second, because what Christ is saying here is that this world, what we experience right here, is so fleeting, so fleeting, that it doesn't even matter if you have food. Because what's important is the next. He says, you should trust in God. It's that faith. He's saying faith is enough. Faith is enough, because in the end, this is worst case scenario, and this is a tough topic, but if you don't have enough food and you starve to death, if you have faith, you don't actually die. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, there is nothing in this world that you should be so worried about that it causes you to lose focus of the actual end of the race. I think whenever, I, I coached lacrosse for a long time, and I, was, I coached JV lacrosse, and I remember I would try to play a, uh, a I would set up plays for the guys, and um, when the first time I was running through a play, I would set up cones, and I'd be like, okay, this is like your, your hit point, this is where you start out like up there, and then when you're running through the play, I need you to end here, like this is where I want you to be, and I remember this one kid and he would just consistently run to this cone. He did a great job. Like he would, he would do all the moves and he'd hit at that cone and he'd go there. And I remember pulling him aside one day and I'd be like, hey, you are doing so great. You're doing exactly what I need you to do, but I need you to keep your head up because he'd run and he'd keep his head down and he'd just run beeline to that cone. I said, you got to keep your head up. You got to keep your head up because that cone's not going to be there when we're playing and there's probably going to be like a defenseman there that's going to wreck you. So keep your head up, please. 
And, uh, and this kid was just like, okay, okay, I got you, coach. And I remember one coach, I came in and I took all the cones away. And I was like, right now, we're, we're running through this full speed. And still, he runs head down. He hits right where that cone was. And I was like, buddy, this is great. Like, you're doing 100% what I'm asking you, but you got to keep your head up because I'm about to put in, like, this 200-pound defenseman, and you got to keep your head up. Please, this is not going to be good. And he ran through, and he kept his head down, and he got laid out. And I remember coming up to him, and I grabbed him, and I said, buddy, the point of all of this is not for you to get to the cone or to your spot. It's to score a goal. So you got to keep your head up because there's going to be a guy there. Sometimes we can't hit that cone. Sometimes we have to hit five feet to the right of that cone because there's a guy there. Sometimes we have to go to the left a little bit. Sometimes we may have to hold up a little bit, pause, wait. We can't just blindly run. And this is the thing is that worry does that to us. It makes us put our head down and run straight to a point. And God says, listen, I know. I know there's things in this world that you're going to worry about. The news is going to tell you every day that there's stuff you got to worry about. There's stuff in this world you have to worry about, but he says that's not what's important. Even the food in your belly and the clothes on your back is not what's important. Your faith has an eternal reward. An eternal reward of your relationship with Christ being fully realized. It's amazing. That should bring us so much encouragement. And I know, practically speaking, it's hard. It's more, this is more of like a mental thing, right? Because this is where uh, I struggle with this. It's like, well, practically, I think from kind of getting that good mental picture, practicality will flow because it's like, well, now it changes how I view my life, how I view my job, how I view my relationships, if I can keep this in the forefront of my mind. And he closes and he says this, back to Revelation 22. We're in verse 17 here. He says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Again, this is where it gets crazy why we get accused of being restrictive or hateful. Because he says, let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and the holy city that are described in this book. It's an interesting warning. It doesn't really show up anywhere else. Um, because Revelation, again, is an interesting book with all the symbolism. I think God obviously knew that, and he knew its purpose and what was going to become. And, and people can take this book and twist it and turn it in any which way. Uh, you can make dragons become airplanes. You can make, uh, you know, sea beasts be, be warships, whatever you want. But the truth of it is, is he's saying the truth, what it really is here, is that I have control of all things past, present, and future. I was before David, and I was after David. This is what he's saying. Worry not, my children, because I am here for you. When you're thirsty, come and drink. When you need clothes, I will clothe you. When you're hungry, I will give you food. I hope that this is encouraging. I didn't get to any of my points. That's okay. Um, 
I really do hope it's encouraging. I hope it's encouraging to you because this, is the, this should be the source of our joy. When we look at the church and we say, where is that? Where's the miraculous? So many people are asking, where's the miraculous? Where is it? It's when we can be joyful in a time like this. It's when we can look at the news and it says, worst Christmas for most Americans, and we can say, that's okay, because I know where my faith is leading. And it could be the very worst Christmas. They could take Christmas away. Tell us that we're never allowed to, to do it again. Guess what? It's not going to change anything for me. Amen. And that's where I hope that we are. That's where the encouragement should be, is that Jesus Christ says, listen, I have all things in my hands, in my control, and your faith in me will get you through this life, however long or short it is, and in the end, you will be with me. And so sometimes whenever I'm facing that and I get bogged down, that's, I remember that. I have that replay in my head because I say, I mean, even when you're facing things like, like I've faced sickness and I'm sure many of you have and, and mental illness, things, anything that comes through and batters you down, you look and you say, why, this doesn't seem fair. Why would God want me to have this life or why I'm so worried about how this is going to affect the future or my job or whatever. And then I think and I say, this is a tiny tiny sliver of what I am meant to be for eternity. And so whatever this is, I trust in God. And whatever happens here, I trust in God. I'm going to try and live in a way. And so I hope, like I said, that that's encouraging to you. I want to end in, in prayer. Um, I would invite the worship team to come back up. I don't think, again, I don't want to sound negative. This is truly meant to... Uh, encourage us. I don't think things are going to get better for the church in 2021. Not just this church, but church in general. Something in my heart tells me it's not. I remember when I was a kid, it was kind of uncool to be a Christian, but it was accepted. Like, they would be like, oh, you, you can't go to the parties or well, you can't do this, you can't do that, like you're kind of lame or whatever, but like nobody really got on me about like being a Christian. They're like, well, you do, you do what you want, you know, whatever. And now it just seems like, oh, you're a Christian? Well, you're crazy. You're a Christian? Well, then I guess you can't have any meaningful um, insight into any of these things because you're so far off base that we can't even listen to you or have you be a part of conversation. I think that's going to continue. I don't think a switch is going to flip that's going to make that different. And so I, I want to encourage you, truthfully, going into 2021, no matter where that goes, hopefully I'm wrong, but if it gets worse, now that Christ says, before they hated you, they hated me. And in the end, what matters in this life is, truthfully, what comes next. And we need to spread that message because the rest of the world, it, how truly hopeful, hopeless it must be. That narrative in the newspaper that I read, it's probably not far off. There's people, it's the worst Christmas. They're hopeless. They have nothing. Because if this life is it, when I've lost my job and I've lost my house and I've lost my health, uh, what's the point? But we know something. My favorite analogy that I've ever heard, and I used it a lot when I was younger. Whenever a, 
we look at Christianity and a lot of times we think of it as like something that we've achieved. When really, I, I love this, it's like a bread shop giving out free bread, right? And everyone in the world is starving and hungry. And you just happen to walk by Maybe someone brought you by that shop and they said, hey, here's a free loaf of bread. Oh, this is great. You look out and you see all these other people starving and hungry. How crazy is it to be like, ah, I got my bread. <laughs> or to be like, look at me, I am better than you because I have the bread. <laughs> you were starving 10 seconds ago. <laughs> like Someone gave you bread. Like this, That's ridiculous. We as Christians, we have this wonderful, wonderful news we have a reason to be joy, a miraculous reason to be joyful. Supernaturally, it should look differently for us. We should have love and peace and joy flowing from us, even in times when we're battered down, and people need to hear that and see it. Would you join me in prayer? Dear God, we just thank you so much this morning. We thank you so much for just laying out your blessings. It's hard sometimes to be thankful whenever things aren't going our way, but when we look out and we see what you've done and what you've created, and we realize the very reason we have breath in our lungs, the very reason we're experiencing this this morning, the very reason that we're here is due to your grace and your love. God, we're humbled. God, in this morning, we choose joy in the face of adversity and in the face of pain and suffering. We choose joy because we know what the end of the book says. We know what you have promised us. You know that we're broken and you know that we're suffering and that we doubt and that we're searching and you still died for each and every one of us. You still came to this place and are willing to meet us where we are and to hold our hands and walk us up this road, God, and we just thank you. We thank you and we pray that we live out that joy, God. We pray that in the midst of what's going on, we are a miraculous light to the world because we know something that the world hasn't found out yet or is choosing to not believe. God, make it so that we shine so bright that it's impossible not to see. We just pray that you shine through us Help us with our doubts. Help us with our sins. Forgive us of the sins that we've committed, God. Help us repent and turn away. God, we lift you up. We praise you and we thank you this Christmas season. We thank you for sending your son. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Check back next week as we dig deeper and go further in our understanding of God's word. Make sure to visit us on our website, www.northmaincog.org, where you can learn more about us. If you found value in today's message, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. 
or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be helpful too. Donating to the ongoing ministry of North Maine is easy. Just go to our website and click on the Give tab at the top of the screen. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week.